You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. One plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit jabberjawmedia.com for more shows like this one. Listen up, our managemental loyal listeners. We are excited to announce that this podcast is a member of Jabberjaw Media. Jabberjaw Media is an independent talk and entertainment podcast network. Just this month, Jabberjaw added five new podcasts to the network, including three new music-based podcasts, Poor Taste, a cocktail-focused podcast, and Too Old to Date, a scripted comedy podcast based in New York City. These shows add to the already amazing roster of music-based shows which have been a part of the network since its inception. Head on over to jabberjawmedia.com for more information on all of the shows. Are you looking for a new set of scrims or a backdrop for your live show? What about merch flags to have at your merch table or online store? Artistflags.com has the lowest pricing and the best quality around. Their prices start at $119 and they can work with you to keep your budget in mind while helping you choose the best material and sizes for your band. Use the coupon code MENTALFLAG to get $30 off your next order. I personally use them to get flags for Darkest Hour, scrims for Lorna Shore, and many other artists in recent years. So thank you to artistflags.com. So head on over and use the coupon code MENTALFLAG, M-E-N-T-A-L-F-L-A-G, for $30 off your next order. Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of the Managemental Podcast a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. Yes, the struggle is real, my friends, but let us help you uncover some of the mystery that is this challenging business of rock and roll. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and I am excited to be here today. As always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, a record label owner, fellow artist manager, and anti-hipster, Mr. Mike Mowry. You know, I'm getting a lot of flack for having a little bit too much hair sticking off the back of my head in a bun-like, uh, you know, formation. So I don't know if I can be called anti-hipster. I, th- <laughs> I think, well, I probably waited so long to try to grow my hair out that maybe, maybe, it, maybe I am an anti-hipster. 
I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. In uh, our last episode, we talked about VIP meet and greet packages. It was a fun episode, so check it out if you haven't already. This week, however, we received an email from one of our listeners, Eric Peterson. Based on his suggestion, I thought it would be cool to dig into the subject of band agreements and specifically when is the best time to have one drafted. This is going to be radical, so let's get mental. So, Mike, what is new in your world? Oh, man, you know, a little bit of this, a whole lot of that. I don't think I told you, but maybe I did. My car got stolen. Oh, (laughs) dude. You know, it's just those little things. They just add a couple of layers on to to whatever it is that, you know, I'm dealing with. But I believe they've recovered it, and I'm supposed to be getting it back. So I'm not going to complain. Hopefully somebody had a good time while they were driving it around. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) <laughs> like in uh ferris bueller's day off when they just like went joyriding with it I mean, dude then... that that's the real deal that was the dream back then if you can imagine <laughs> that that's awesome and it's funny uh one of my best friends the singer of the band good clean fun he named his daughter ferris because uh, ferris bueller's day off is is his favorite movie he named his yeah. se- he named his second daughter cameron which, oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. That's commitment. <laughs> but he took his daughter to Chicago for the first time just yesterday and sent me a picture. So I was stoked for him. Just made me think. Of <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, well, your neighbor, Eric Peterson, wrote us and inspired today's episode. He writes, I've been listening to Managemental since the first episode and love it. Mike is my neighbor, and I've been a metal music business enthusiast since I was a young kid. Really enjoying the insight between you and Mike. I have a quick topic for you guys. Seems like the hot topic these days in the metal world is the drama going on with Ghost. Your guys' take on that, I think, would be really interesting. Thanks a bunch. I'm really excited to get more awesome insight from you and Mike through future episodes and really hope you guys keep this up as long as possible. So, yeah. For those of you that don't know, in brief, the band Ghost is currently in all the metal news feeds because four former band members have filed a lawsuit against the lead singer. Mike, are you hip to this? Yeah, but I'm just curious, which lead singer did they actually sue? I thought that there was a different guy each and every year. What the hell? No, he just changes his name, but it's the same dude. Ah, okay, I knew that. But before we dig in, I got to give a shout out to my boy, Eric. He's awesome, and the the way that I met him is pretty pretty fantastic. So his dad, who unfortunately is no longer with us, RIP Chris, we were at a block party shortly after I moved in to where I live now, which is, yes, the same place where my car got stolen. And, you know, you go to these block parties, you're, uh, you know, I guess I'm middle-aged at this point, even though <laughs> even though I'm staying young until I die. You know, and of course, everybody, hey, what do you do? Da, 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 da. You start telling them you manage bands. So, of course, they ask who and you know, you're just like, oh, man, you're never going to heard of these bands. And so you start to, you know, at least give them, you know, you just go with genres, you know, heavy metal or rock or aggressive music. You know, you ever heard of the Warp Tour, you know, potentially or Ozfest? And this guy there, he goes, well, what about bands like Devil Driver 
or bleeding through. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, what the hell? You know, here's this dude in his 50s or maybe even could have been in his 60s who's dropping names of bands that, yeah, I mean, Darkest Hour right then and there. So, of course, I tell him I manage Darkest Hour and he sort of flips out and he's like, man, you got to meet my kid. So I meet Eric. Eric's, you know, in his in his early 20s at that point and just been a rad guy. Um, and he texts me the other day. He's like, yeah, I really want to get you guys insight on this. Do I text you or do I email Blasco? So I told him to take the formal route. Hopefully he emailed um, askblasco at gmail.com. And, um, he sure did. He sure did. Yes. Awesome. So here we are to talk about uh, the ghosts, Ghost BC, the four members suing the singer. Papa Emeritus, what number are we on now? Four, five, six? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, hey, man, like this is one of those things where you you see this happen. I mean, you know, ghost aside, this is you know, this isn't uh, just specific to them, right? And whether it's whether it's a whole band or if it's just one member that felt slighted in some way. I mean, like, I man, like I've seen this like a million times with either bands I'm associated with or working with or just even on the fringes of right i mean you see this shit oh absolutely you know and i know we're not going to dive into the specifics of ghost you know we're talking more general you know does the band need an internal operating agreement or a contract and you know it's tough and we'll get into it but it's like it's like a prenuptial agreement in a weird way and not to you know everybody has their own take on that when when everything's rosy and you're rolling down the aisle of course you don't need to figure out what you're going to do if and when shit goes wrong. You know, you're hoping that this stuff lasts forever. You're hoping that the other four guys in your band are going to be there with you for life. You know, when you're 18, 19, 20, even when you're 25, that's what you think. But inevitably, as you and I see, and as this particular incident indicates, it isn't always like that. It doesn't stay that way as things change. Whenever you're starting off and you and you pull together a group of guys that just want to hang out and play loud and drink beer and shit, it doesn't feel like a business. And then, you know, every so often shit happens and all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, we've got a business here and now we need to figure it out, you know? So look, I mean, I, I, I don't want to get into the, uh, I don't want to speculate too deeply on the inner workings of the particular lawsuit, you know, for Ghost. Um, because we don't really know, you know, we, we don't really know the backstory, even though we've we've seen it happen. To, you know, it's it's probably, you know, very similar to things that we've seen on our own. But but however, this does bring up a good topic for today and how potentially, you know, you yourself can avoid sticking uncomfortable internal situations with your band. So the question is, do you need a band contract? Bands don't like discussing contracts, period. It can be uncomfortable considering band member contracts because discussing contracts can feel like acknowledging a certain level of distrust. Usually, your band members are also your close friends. In many cases, they're like family to you, and you would like to think that your personal relationship means that no one in the band would take advantage of anyone else. Beyond the current situation being hashed out in Swedish courts with ghosts, consider these reasons a band member contract may be exactly what your band needs. Number one, if your band has one songwriter or if you think all of your songs are group efforts. Songwriting royalties are a constant area of contention for bands. It is a good idea to make sure everyone is on the same page as to who gets credit for what. 
Yeah, I mean, how many countless times have you and I gotten, you know, an email, a phone call, or a text message, you know, saying, hey, you know, I've talked to somebody else in another band, you know, who, of course, is, is doing well, and they indicate, you know, the singer indicated that he's getting paid more than everybody else because he writes the songs. So, how do I make sure, as the guy who writes the songs, that I make more than everybody else? Which, look... If that's what you're doing, if there is one person writing all of the material, that's what, you know, publishing and songwriting credits are designed for. So yeah, it is a good condition to consider getting everybody on the same page as to who gets credit for what. What happens, right? Like, I mean, even though it's old school, like I'll use an example of Van Halen, right? So like when you look at the early Van Halen albums, it's like all four guys split evenly. So why is it that the other three guys are getting a piece of eruption whenever it's only Eddie Van Halen, you know? So what happens over time is because at first it, I think it feels like if it's like a group effort and everyone's in there, everyone's showing up on time and everyone's contributing, it feels like everyone should get an equal piece. But what happens over time is that people start to get lives outside of the band and then people start to not show up on time and then resentment builds because you're like wait a minute i'm putting in way more work than this guy why is this guy getting an equal piece of everybody else whenever he isn't even fucking showing up you know so not to dig too deep but just do your best efforts as to like who's writing what like i mean if we're talking about strictly songwriting focus on on that one topic of like who's contributing what and you know like look everything works differently for everybody else but you know it's like yeah i mean we gotta figure it out we could do a whole episode on on that topic alone and i do think in those early stages you know when maybe one guy if it's eddie who's writing the songs maybe um what's our bass player's name michael hall is that him Michael um, Anthony. Michael Anthony. That's right. Not not uh, who's the actor? Anthony Michael. That, <laughs> yeah, correct. You can see where my brain is today. Mm. But you know, I mean, maybe he's the guy who's getting the van fixed in the early days. You know, and making sure that they can get down to the gig. And so, in its infancy, you know, when you're when when you're right, when everybody's doing everything they can for the band, and there is no life outside, that's when I find it the hardest to start to really discuss these songwriting type of things. Because inevitably, how do you account for somebody who does make sure that the van is running? You know, that's just as integral without getting to the show or getting to the studio. It doesn't matter what you're writing. Yeah. You know, nobody's going to hear it. And so in those early stages, that's where, I mean, I, I, I really try to encourage bands to not really keep that tally if they don't have to. Yep. And lastly on this too, it's like when you get into that stuff, you know, maybe consult with an attorney or a manager because there, there are creative ways that you can break those songwriting. Let's say it's a situation where one guy primarily writes more than everybody else. There's creative ways to where you can divvy it, divvy it up. But anyway, number two, one or two band members are paying most of the expenses for the band. Bands cost money, and some band members may be in a better place financially to be able to cover the cost of the band. Get it in writing as to how this person will be paid back when the band starts making money. You know, I don't see this too, too often, but it definitely does exist. In fact, I can think of one example of an artist that I work with where, you know, this is sort of happening. One of the guys has a little bit more money because of his family. And yeah, we talked 
about this, you know, since I started working with them and said, hey, you know, we need to figure out. We've invested a bunch of money, and in, in particular, you know, they had a they had a member leave, and when that member left, you know, it became apparent to everybody else, like, hmm, okay, you know, what's going to happen down the line if somebody else goes, you know, and I continue to invest my money into this thing that it's, you know, sort of all for one and one for all, but inevitably, the guy does and his family wants to make sure that every dollar that they're putting in, you know, they they can see down the line that they can hopefully get back. Yeah, I mean, look, I can't even add much more to that. I mean, it's just like, this just happens. Some guys are better off than others, and they're able to fund it, make sure that you figure out a way to where how you're getting that money back, you know, first before everyone else is getting a piece. Number three, your band works with session musicians. Whether you're bringing in extra help on tour or in the studio, a contract can help draw the line between who is actually in the band and who is being hired as a sort of freelance musician. I wouldn't have necessarily thought that this would go under what I would call a band agreement. But I do see why it is included here. And again, you know, I mean, these are perfectly great points. It's like, yes, if you've got somebody who's coming in, you know, to do one tour with you, you know, let's say you're an established artist. Let's say you've had some success. All of a sudden, you know, you need a fill-in guitar player. Okay, well, you know, do they get an equal share of everything that you're generating on the road? Or, you know, do you hire and pay them, you know, a flat fee? And it can be challenging. I mean, I, you know, I worked with one artist who I don't, I won't mention the name, but he's the name, the face, the writer, everything. And even though he's got a drummer, another guitar player, and a bassist who are, you know, essentially to the outside world, that's their band. You know, they're all hired guns. They're all on a contract. They're all on a retainer. They're all getting paid whether or not his tour grosses, you know, what him and the manager, which I was at the, at one point, you know, think it will or not. So it, it is. It's very important to have that relationship defined so people understand, all right, you're getting a thousand bucks a week or whatever the number is. Hey, if my tour does fantastic and if you were if you were an equal member, you'd be getting, you know, the equivalent of ten thousand bucks a week course now i'm just making shit up playing with monopoly money you know it's important that they understand that relationship that they are getting something flat it's a guaranteed payment regardless of how well something performs assumably this potential uh, i mean this this number three here is uh semi-relative to what potentially the ghost situation is in that there's people in the band that the singer considered hired guns but the hired guns consider themselves band members. So if that relationship isn't drafted out as to who is considered what, then you get these things where like, hey, no, like we, we were treated like band members. And, and because you're now treating us like hired guns, this is how lawsuits happen. So uh, I think that's, you know, the point of, uh, of this one. Yeah, very well um, put. Yep. Yeah. And number four you have contracts with other people as a band. If your band has signed contracts with managers, promoters, agents, or labels, it makes sense to have at least an informal contract between band members to make sure you can deliver on your contractual obligations. For instance, if you have signed on to do a 20-day tour, having the guitar player bow out of the band the night before you leave puts you in a sticky situation. <laughs> of course. Yeah, and I mean, you know, from a little bit more of a general overview, 
going back to that prenuptial agreement, you know, sort of analogy, it's you are deciding and determining in most of these agreements, what does happen if somebody leaves? Okay, what happens if they leave by their own accord? You know, hey, I'm bowing out of the band. I'm having a kid. Or, you know, you know what? This lifestyle isn't for me. Sleeping underneath the backseat of, you know, the 15-passenger van night after night has gotten old. I'm going to work at Quiznos. What happens then? Are you entitled to royalties? Are you entitled to, you know, what royalties are you actually entitled to? You know, and simultaneously, what happens if we kick you out and you don't want to go, right? You know, you and I are in a band and all of a sudden... um, you know, this is our two bass player band, so let's we'll have a drummer. <laughs> we'll have a drummer as well. We kick this freaking scumbag of a drummer out, you know, because we don't like him anymore. But he's sitting there saying, "Well, I, you know, I I don't want to leave. I should still be entitled to something." So you cover these scenarios, and it might seem like there's an infinite amount. But any you know attorney that's based in the music business or any competent manager that's dealt with this there's only a few situations that you really need to handle and there's some really you know good easy structured ways to do it but it is it's incredibly important and you know it's challenging to do it's challenging to find the time to go through it and of course if you're using an attorney which you and i would both recommend that you do you gotta you know pay them money which is of course when you're an entry-level artist that's the last thing that you actually have. So, you know, you're sitting there as I'm sure the ghost guys were years ago, you know, before they're on tour with freaking Iron Maiden, which is so badass. It's like they're sitting there saying, well, cool. You know, what's going to happen? We're making no money now. So who cares how we split it up? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually something does take off and, and you haven't dotted that I and crossed that T and gotten all your ducks in a row and inevitably, you know, you let it pass, you let it pass, you let it pass, and then it blows up in your face and you end up in a freaking lawsuit. And look, there's things there's things like this that can happen, right? You've got a you've got a band of four guys, you're gonna go on tour. One guy at the last minute can't do the tour because he's having a kid or something, right? So how does that situation work itself out, right? Okay, so he's not gonna go on tour is He's still, but he's a member of the band. But is he still due a portion of the merch uh, right. of the merchandising, right? And then, so you have to hire somebody to take this guy's place. Is that coming out of this guy's pocket, or is this a band expense? You know, these are all things that you know need to be ironed out so that everyone's clear and uh, no one's suing each other after the fact. You know, it's just like, hey, man, like you can't just sit around and collect merch unless, of course, that's the way that it's been ironed out in you know in advance number five what happens to joint owned equipment and jointly owned debt if the band should break up or if one person wants to leave it's very interesting because some of the equipment whether it's joint owned or not you know costs more than than others you know obviously if you're a vocalist and (laughs) and all you got to do is buy a microphone you're not as concerned with some of these things, you know, and we have, I've watched plenty of artists where going in, they purchase their own equipment, but then as the band starts to do better and better and they need better and better gear because they're doing better tours, road cases, you name it. Yeah. The band starts to purchase it. What does happen when the band breaks up? What does happen when somebody leaves? Who does get to take that stuff? Oh man, it is a, uh, there's a lot of scenarios. There really are. And it's not terribly overwhelming. It can easily be handled and dealt with. But these are things, it's, it's fun as we do this. Every single one of these, I'm like, yep, 
been there, been there, done that, <laughs> done that, you know? Oh, man. And, and it gets me thinking about the bands that I work with who don't have these agreements. You know, it's like for reasons that I said, look, they're broke. They're trying to invest in themselves. They're trying to invest in their band, you know, paying an attorney, even if it's not a ton of cash to do one of these can be a challenge. That's for sure. Yeah. Here, here's an example situation. Band without a band agreement, right? Puts out some records, goes on some tours, drummer guy shacks up with some girl who kind of takes over his life. He starts showing up to band practice late. He starts having to reschedule stuff. The band has to start scheduling their lives around his situation, right, or whatever. So inevitably, he gets the boot because he's just not no longer the team player that everybody else is, right? And let's face it, he's replaceable. You know, he's not the singer. He's the fucking drummer. Sorry, drummers, but it's just sometimes a fact. And so anyway, so he hires an attorney to sue the band and to sue because he feels or his argument is that he built, you know, he was the one that was there from the beginning that helped build this band up to a certain point. And so he is due, he is due a percentage of the band moving forward, even though he's no longer in the band. But the return argument, because there is no band agreement that sets forth who is due what and in what situations you can go back and argue with this guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, we, we get it. You were here from the beginning. You helped build it up into something that it is. But you know what it is? It's abandoned debt. Therefore, if you're thinking that you're deserving of something moving forward, then you're also part of one-fourth of the debt that was built up in the creation of this band. So why you think you deserve something more, you're going to have to, you're going to owe us one-fourth of our debt as well. Yeah, that's a great scenario right there. And and it is. It's one of those funny things where, you know, from the outside, everything looks great. It's so funny. I, I had dinner with a buddy who was in town last night. We went down to this bar that's, you know, near where I used to live in D.C. I was telling him when it popped in, changed the neighborhood. You know, I had actually talked about, you know, investing in it. But obviously that didn't. Well, not obviously. It didn't happen. The price tag was something that, you know, was way too big for me, but I was always intrigued by it. And it seems to be doing well. And this guy's a business owner, I'm a business owner, and I said, Man, this place looks like it's kicking ass and we both just sort of chuckled and said, But we're not looking at the financial reports, you know? And that's what happens with these bands, just like you're talking about. You know, I've got bands just like you're saying. Members have had to go or left and they're like, Well, where's my money? It's like, bro. You know, <laughs> your money's going into this giant thing called the debt payoff plan. You know, yep. these are bands that seemingly to the public are incredibly successful. And I'm not saying that just because you carry debt makes you not successful. Plenty of businesses have to carry debt. That's part of their strategy of uh, cash flow and whatever else. But yeah, it happens all the time. It Again, I'm fascinated by this. I'm, I'm stoked that we are covering this because it gets me thinking on so many things, you know, in so much kind of perception versus reality, if you will. Yeah, man. Hey, look, for those all listening, it, my two cents on this particular subject is even though it's an uncomfortable subject to bring up with your bros, and even though it costs a few dollars to get it done, I can't stress enough how important getting a band agreement, an internal band agreement, drafted up and signed by everyone sooner 
than later because later problems will arise. I guarantee you. And if it's not set up in a way to where everyone understands what everyone's getting in most common situations, then you end up in a ghost situation, which will probably cost everybody a lot of money. And the only people that win in those situations are the attorneys. Absolutely. And you know, if you guys are out there and thinking about, hey, you know, Blasco and Mike seem to be laying down some pretty good knowledge over the last 14 episodes and here in number 15, we're hearing a take some action and you need a recommendation for attorneys who, you know, can help with this kind of stuff. Blasco and I have a bazillion resources for people who aren't sharks, you know, they're trying to help bands out because they would much rather you get a great agreement done at a really great rate than, you know, watch you have to suffer through something down the line. So don't hesitate to hit us up if that's something that you're thinking on taking action for. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. Because, hey, people, we do this show for you. Consider it a tool for understanding this ever so challenging and confusing business of music. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, any final parting thoughts? No, I just want to thank you once again for, you know, drafting out the structure of how we navigate through these interesting topics. I'm having a blast covering them. If you are out there in podcast land and would like to do us a favor, head over to wherever you listen to this podcast and give us a rating and review. We just might start picking uh, some random raters and reviewers out. I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll give them something special. <laughs> I like it. Coaching platform is going well. I think we are on the verge of being absolutely full. I did a little bit of promo, a live Facebook event last week and just yesterday. So this will be a couple days old when you guys actually hear this. I went on my good buddy and fellow Jabberjaw uh, host Matt Carter's uh, podcast, Break It Down. You know, we, we had a pretty general discussion, but covered some of the stuff that's going to happen during the coaching seminars. So it's called 60 Days to Signable. It runs the middle of April through the beginning part of June. Head on over to signup.outerloopcoaching.com for more information and to sign up. That's all I got, my man. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate it. Bye-bye. Are you interested in what it takes to get the attention of record labels, managers, and other industry professionals who can help your band grow? Let me, Mike Mowry, the CEO of Outer Loop, guide this incredibly challenging journey for you. For the first time ever, I am opening up my extensive experience and knowledge base to aspiring musicians in an educational capacity. 60 Days to Signable is the course, which will run Wednesday evenings from April 19th to June 7th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Space is limited, and we expect this to sell out quickly. 
If you're serious about your bands or personal success, there is no time like the present. Visit outerloopcoaching.com slash sign up for all the information that you need. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com and I'll see you there.